Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that our first ever live storytelling night is next Thursday. It starts at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. The theme for the evening is beginners, and we have a wonderful lineup of storytellers who are going to be sharing true stories about first times in the outdoors. The event is online and it's completely free to attend, so grab a beverage and get ready to be transported to all sorts of wild and wonderful places. We have all the details as well as a link to save your spot at our website, outtherepodcast.com. Again, this is May 7th at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Support for Out There comes from Kula Cloth, a high-tech pee cloth for women and anyone who wipes when they pee. The Kula Cloth is designed for use outdoors, but it's great indoors, too, especially now when toilet paper is hard to come by. Our advertising manager, Jessica Taylor, lives in an RV, and she recently started using a Kula cloth on a daily basis. Since I've been using it, I think I've gone through maybe one toilet paper roll in the last month. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it, That's awesome. It's been, it saves me money. It saves my black tank. It it makes it a better chance for other people to be able to get toilet paper that may need it more so than I do. For 10% off your order at KulaCloth.com, enter the promo code OUTTHERE at checkout. That's K-U-L-A Cloth.com, promo code OUTTHERE. And just so you know, OUTTHERE gets a small percentage of all sales made with that promo code. So by purchasing a Kula Cloth with the promo code OUTTHERE, you'll be saving toilet paper and helping this podcast. Earlier this month, we heard from people who have canceled their through hikes because of the coronavirus pandemic. Canceling a trip of that magnitude is a big deal, but through hikers are not the only ones who have had to give up on their dreams this year. Today, we're going to hear from a woman named Susan Conrad. She had planned to kayak the Inside Passage this year, all the way from Washington State to Alaska. It was going to be a three-month voyage covering 1,200 miles. And Susan had been preparing for the expedition for what seemed like forever. This wasn't the first time she was attempting to paddle from Washington to Alaska. She did the Inside Passage 10 years ago. In fact, you might remember hearing her story about it on Out There a while back. This time, for the 10-year anniversary, she was looking forward to slowing down, taking her time, immersing herself in her surroundings. Susan was supposed to launch on May 16th, but like so many other plans, this one too has been derailed. Today, Susan joins us to talk about coping with canceled dreams. So tell me about your decision to cancel the trip. Um, what, what went into that decision? Well, <clears throat> it was really kind of a no-brainer for me, just looking at the um, 
well, first of all, there's the, the little details of Washington State going into lockdown on, what was it, March 23rd. So we had a the stay-at-home directive was implemented. And then also the Canadian border was closed. So I would have been paddling into British Columbia uh, if all went as planned on the second day of my expedition and would have taken me a good oh, 45 days to paddle the entire coastline of British Columbia. So that, you know, that of course was the, the big picture. But um, what I really didn't want to do was to expose uh, the communities along the way. Um, first, the First Nations, the indigenous communities that I would encounter, and there would have been quite a few of them. They're, they're just extremely susceptible to this sort of thing right now. And their resources are are very limited. So I just didn't want to be part of that, you know, to be part of that problem. But what was the real, the real no brainer for me was just kind of thinking it through, like how, how could I possibly paddle away uh, and leave my loved ones, my, my, my partner, my long, long-term partner and all my friends and family on shore and just say, you know, see you in 90 days, you know, good luck with all that. <laughs> it's just like, I just couldn't see myself doing that. And, and I couldn't envision myself sitting on some island with my toes dug in the sand and, and sipping Chardonnay and listening to the whales breaching or like, oh, wow, look at that iceberg floating by or the, the beautiful waterfalls or the mountains. It's just like, how could I possibly enjoy that magic and having this horrific reality unfolding, you know, back home, back back in quote unquote real life. So that that was the the no brainer for me. I just I just that's where I decided to pull the plug. That's really interesting because, you know, I, I it seems like one could have the opposite response of like, yeah, I just want to get away from reality right now. And, you know, being out on the water with my toes in the sand could sound really, really wonderful when, when the world is falling apart. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I've had friends that had actually, you know, well, well-meaning friends that had joked about how, well, that's like the ultimate social distancing. Why don't you just go and disappear in your kayak? But <laughs> sure, I'm, I'm safe when I'm out there. Um, it's unlikely that I would run into any more than a handful of other paddlers on the entire route. I literally ran into three other paddlers in 1,200 miles <laughs> the first time I did it because it, it's just, and you, you would just think, that other than like a, a, a passing ship in the distance or the vapor trail left by a jet plane 30,000 feet above you that you're the last person on earth sometimes because it is that remote and that, you know, away from reality. And you'd think you could just slip out and, and do it. But we do have to come ashore and, and get food and, and other optional niceties. And therein lies the problem, right? You're, you're exposing yourself to other people. How did you feel when you finally made the decision not to go? Um, I was pretty, pretty depressed, I think. And, and actually I, I had, I posted a blog to really clarify 
my feelings on this and to, and to put it out there because uh, a lot of my friends and followers were kind of anticipating my, an email coming from me just apprising them what my plans were and people were starting to ask me, hey, are you going on your trip and whatnot. So writing that blog and just putting it out there publicly that I had pulled the plug on this trip, it just, it, it really saddened me because it just put a, a period on the end of, of my final decision and, and made it, you know, that much more final. And, and a friend had commented through social media that, you know, just how she felt for me and that I really needed to honor my grief. And that's when it hit me. It's like, that's exactly what it is. It's, 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 I, I'm grieving right now for this lost opportunity. And I was going through those, those so-called stages of grief. I forget what they are, but you know, denial and then anger and you start bargaining and then you start accepting. So that's, that's actually what I was feeling and go, going through all of those phases. And I think right now I'm in the acceptance phase. I've just started to accept this quote unquote new normal. And, and I'm just trying to weave some gratitude into it. And, and that's, that's what's getting me, that's what's getting me through all of this right now. I think I'm really, I'm really trying to figure out what it is that I'm grieving the most about by having to have canceled this trip. And it, you know, it's the lost opportunity, of course. Uh, never again will I have this, it won't, will never again be the 10 year anniversary of, of my first trip. Um, I'm 59, so I'll never be 59 again. And I, I so wanted to accomplish this milestone before I turned the big 6-0. So I think I'm grieving for that version of myself um, that I had hoped to be come late August uh, after completing this expedition. think you'll try to go next year? That's a good question. Um, I've been running that over and over in my mind quite a bit. I'm trying to stay positive, but you know, I, I most of my income is, is uh, seasonal. So um, I'm typically, wor I, I work on cruise ships that go up the inside passage and share my stories and images from previous expeditions. And so that season typically runs from um, late April, early May to late September. And so last year I intentionally did back-to-back -back contracts so that I could save as much money as possible so that I could take um, three to four months off this summer. And so obviously the cruise ships aren't running right now and I've lost all of that income. And I just don't know if financially if I can you know, take off another entire summer to do this trip next year. Have you ever had to uh, cancel a trip of this magnitude before? Never. No, never. This this is a toughie for me, and and you know I I'm a I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, COVID is not good for, for control freaks. Uh, any, any personality test that I've ever taken, it just highlights the fact that I like things orderly. I, I don't like surprises. Uh, I demand order and reliability and predictability. And <laughs> But, you know, I'm working through it. And I think one of the ways that um, I'm, I'm coping with this and all the fallout from it is my my best friend and I have made this pact with each other to um, to connect digitally every day. So we send each other voice memos, uh, and we call it our daily delights. And so we just hold each other accountable to find delight, even if it's a small delight every day, and and share that with each other. Um, sometimes it's just a minute recording. Sometimes it's you know no more than two minutes, but. It's basically, it can be something as simple as the way that the light comes streaming through our window and, and, and casts, you know, casts its beauty on an object in our room or the smell of bacon and eggs cooking in the kitchen or the, the purr of our cat on our laps. Or it could be something more, more in depth where we really kind of go into our, our feelings and emotions that day. But we, we've been pretty much keeping up on it every day and look forward to each other's daily delights. And it's just a great way to, to stay in touch with someone that I've known for 54 years. Wow, I'm dating myself here. <laughs> <laughs> I love this concept so much. Yeah. I feel like we should extend this challenge to our listeners. <laughs> have people send in daily delights. <laughs> After the break, we'll dive a little deeper into finding joy in these difficult times. And we'll talk about some of the positive things that could come out of the pandemic. But first, one of the things that's been a daily delight for me recently has been drinking really nice tea. A great cup of tea with a spoonful of local honey is somehow extremely calming. And in a time when I'm often anxious and lonely and even sometimes angry, finding things that can get me a bit more centered has been crucial. One of our sponsors for this episode is Kusa Tea. They make premium instant tea, and I've been drinking a lot of it lately. One of my favorites is their Immune Boost Tea. It's a blend of mint and honeysuckle, and I find it extremely soothing. Kusa makes loads of different flavors of tea, and like I said, it's instant, kind of like instant coffee, but for tea lovers, but it tastes really good. If you don't believe me, well... Mm. So I just took my first sip. I like it. That's my friend Ruth. She's a bit of a tea aficionado, and I gave her some of Kusa's English breakfast tea to try. I was curious how she thought it compared to regular, non-instant tea. I'm doubtful if you did a blind taste test that I would be able to tell the difference. For 30% off your entire order at kusatea.com, enter the promo code OUTTHERE at checkout. That's C-U-S-A-T-E-A dot com, promo code OUTTHERE. And now, back to our conversation with Susan Conrad. So you wrote a blog post recently um, about your decision to 
to cancel this expedition. And and you begin it with a quote, um, which goes, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's learning to dance in the rain. Tell me about that quote. Yeah, I love that quote. And a little backstory with that. I first stumbled on that quote. I noticed it on a magnet on a friend's refrigerator up in British Columbia. Uh, she lives on an island in the southern Gulf Islands, which is just just barely across the border from where I live. And it was um, at some point during that year that I was preparing for my first inside passage through paddle. And I just remember standing in her kitchen reading that. And I'm like, wow, that is such a cool quote. And um, as far as I know, it's an anonymous author, but um, I, I wrote that down and um, stuck that on my own refrigerator and I just kept reading it over and over and over again. And for me, it, what, what it's really about is, well, I guess it's making, making lemonade out of lemons, right? It, it's about just doing the best that you possibly can with a, with a, a crappy situation. <laughs> And uh, God, that's really carried through to to this to what we're all dealing with globally now, hasn't it? Just just you can either just hunker down and and just wait for this damn storm to pass and complain about it, or you can just learn to to make the best of it and and, and figure just figure out a way to be creative and and to funnel your energy into something productive so you can look back on this when it's all over and just feel yeah yeah I I I didn't just weather that storm I I got through it in style what does dancing in the rain look like for you in this in this instance well it's because I am such a control freak, it's it's focusing on those things that that I can't control and and things that are uh, feel somewhat reliable to me, like springtime coming, um, and just being outside and and we have a wonderful little creek that comes through our property and just being in the moment, listening to the water flowing, getting. Um, I'm a, a photographer as well, and I forgot what it feels like to get lost behind my lens. So for the first time since it started the other day, I grabbed my camera and I just went out and got lost with my camera just in my own backyard. And and uh, trail running is another thing that I do. I uh, Since I can't paddle very much right now, um, almost all of the state, uh, the, the water access points are, are all closed but I've got access to some wonderful trails. So I've been doing a lot of that, just getting out in nature and moving moving my body and, and, um, and calming my mind is what really seems to be part of the dance for me. Hmm. So dancing in the rain, um, is, is this, is a wonderful metaphor and, um, and, sort of provides this this positive way to respond to a bad situation. Um, but I'm wondering if if one could actually take things a bit further and 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 look at, I mean, it, it, could this storm actually bring some good things to our world? You know, are there positive aspects 
of the fact that the whole globe is going through this pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I'm I'm also trying to focus on that that um, bittersweet twist. I think is how I worded it in my blog of how how the world is slowing down and healing. You know how our um, our skies are clearer, our, our oceans are most definitely quieter, and our um, our city soundscapes are, are changing every day. And and I think that's I think that's a good thing. I think that we are at a juncture right now where where we just need to slow down and uh, reflect on what's truly valuable. And and for me, the most important thing is to keep the well-being being of our environment at the forefront. And hopefully when this all passes that we don't just press this reset button and go back to the same self-defeating habits you know, in, in regards to our planet, you know, in, in, in regards to the our food systems and this mass consumption and extraction of resources and, and our, our global footprint in general. Well, Susan, thank you so much for talking with me about this. I'm, I'm sorry that you've had to, to cancel this trip, but I love, I love that you're, uh, that you're managing to dance in the rain. I hope we all continue to dance in the rain. Susan Conrad is a kayaker and author living in Washington state. If you want to hear the story about her initial Inside Passage expedition, head over to our website, outtherepodcast.com. And if you'd like to read her memoir about that voyage, it's called Inside, One Woman's Journey Through the Inside Passage. We have a link to that on our website as well. So remember when Susan talked about exchanging daily delights with her friend? Well, she agreed to share a few of those with us. Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, it's chilly and cold outside. I'm feeling very unsettled and anxious today. So this morning I am going to go out and start a fire in the wood stove and make some pumpkin oatmeal chocolate chip cookies and let the familiar motions and smells bring me back to a more peaceful time just so I can concentrate on calming myself and thinking happy thoughts. Alrighty, bye-bye. Hey girl, April 3rd, Daily Delight. I guess I'm just delighted that for a short period of time today, um, it's been lasting for about an hour and maybe it'll go for another hour. I've been happy. I actually emptied out the freaking bottom of the toaster today. There are so many breadcrumbs you could have made like stuffing for Thanksgiving. Even they even washed the little uh, plate underneath it. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Love ya. And Daily Delight, checking out. So, 
I'm sitting in my kayak. So that's definitely a delight. It's been a while, way too long. Uh, Renegade paddle, all of the, pretty much all the public access points, uh, water access points are closed in Washington state. But um, this little Lake Kavanaugh, about 10 minutes from our house in Oso, uh, Ben knows some people that have um, a little cabin up there. They live in Seattle most of the time, and they said, I can use it anytime. So I slipped my kayak in off their grassy little yard and uh, leisurely 45-minute paddle to the other side of the lake. And now I am floating um, on this little creek that comes out on the on the west end and there's not a soul around and there's signs of spring skunk cabbages popping up and robins with worms in their mouths and birds chirping and frogs jumping and maybe you can hear the birds chirping over there I don't know but anyway it's it's just delightful the sun is shining I don't want it to end If you'd like to record your own daily delights, please do. And if you share them with me, I might use some of them on the show. Just send your voice memos to willow at outtherepodcast.com and make sure to put daily delights in the subject line. Two quick reminders before you go. The first, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is that you are invited to our live storytelling night on May 7th. It's at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern, and just head over to our website, outtherepodcast.com, to reserve your spot. Secondly, if you're interested in honing your audio storytelling skills, consider applying for our summer production internship. This is a chance to work one-on-one with me and gain fluency on all sorts of the production process, from script editing to sound design. Applications are due May 15th, and you can find all the details at our website, outtherepodcast.com. That's it for this episode. Our strategic advisor is Alex Eggerking. Our advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Sheba Joseph is our audience growth director. Ben Montoya is our production intern. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. I hope to see you at our storytelling night next week. And in the meantime, stay home and be safe.